Hello and welcome to our weekly podcast from Faith Point Church, Auckland, New Zealand. We hope you will encounter God afresh in this week's teaching segment. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to hear more, then you can visit us at www.faithpoint.org.nz. And now for today's message. I'd like us to focus in on the Word of God today and... Uh, so just check that your cell phone's on silent or it's, um, it's uh, off the ringtone and just make sure that you're undistracted because I'm going to preach on eliminating distractions in your life today. And uh, we all have them. They're common to everybody, every single one of us get distracted. Some get distracted more easily than others. Uh, others uh, live a very focused life, and uh, today I want to dive into the Word and have a look at what the Word says about staying on track, staying focused, staying single-minded, single-eyed for Jesus Christ. Amen? It's a tremendous uh, gift to be able to do that. Oh, the rain has arrived. Praise God. All right, here we go. Father, we just thank you for your Word. Your Word is powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides asunder, soul and spirit, bone and marrow, discerns the very thoughts and the intents of the human heart. This morning, Lord, may your word have power. This morning, may your word slice and dice into the very centre of our lives, Lord, that it would produce freedom. You said you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So for freedom's sake, we pray today the word would have power in our lives in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Just before we proceed too, I just want to, um, I had a picture in, uh, from the Lord this morning in the worship, and I believe it's for more than one person here this morning. I saw a spider's web, and I saw you caught in the web, and you were trying to move, and the more you moved, the more sticky you got, and you felt trapped, and you knew that the inevitable was going to take place which is if you're caught in a spider's web, the inevitable is that there is a spider that's coming for you. And uh, you need to know this morning that Jesus understands exactly the situation that you're in, and he has the power to free you from that web. It may be a web of broken relationships. It may be a web of abuse in your life. It may be a web right now of financial difficulty. God knows exactly what it is, and he communicated that picture for me to me this morning because he wants to set you free this morning. He who the Son sets free is free indeed, Jesus Christ. Amen. He wants to make you free this morning. Well, we're going to open our Bibles at Mark chapter 8, verse 13. Uh, Jesus uh, is with the disciples. They've just fed 4,000 people with seven loaves of bread. Not bad going, eh? And a few fish. And uh, they've just fed this great multitude and Jesus said, come on, we're going to go over the other side of the lake and we pick up on the story in verse 13. And Jesus left them and getting into the boat again, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed. Beware of the leaven or the bread of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it's because we have no bread. Duh. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, 
Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? And having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember? Here ends the reading of the word of the Lord this morning. You know, years ago, the main form of communication wasn't the internet. The years that I grew up in, but prior to those years that I grew up in, the main form of communication was something known as the telegraph, which was a Morse code instrument. And it all brought out a message to those that knew Morse code. And this is how communication was relayed across the land through, uh, through wires. And the message would be received by another operator at the end. And a company was advertising for a new Morse code operator. And so he replied to the advertisement in the newspaper and went to the office premises and walked into the reception area where many other people, finely dressed, well-educated looking people were already sitting down and he went up to the reception where there was a sign on the counter that said, if you've come to apply for the job, fill out the paperwork and wait until you have been called. So he filled out the paperwork, went and sat down, and there was no movement in the reception area. Everyone was sitting, looking very pleasant. Some were discussing, some were talking. Very busy office, very noisy. But underneath all the noise, you could hear a little... And suddenly, the young man who had just entered, the last one in, stood to his feet, went through the office of the inner, to the inner office from the reception area, disappeared, and a few minutes later, the boss walks out with this young man and said, thank you everybody for coming, but the vacancy has been fulfilled. And all the people stood up and said, what? I've been, I was here way before him. How come he gets, this is not fair. He gets the job before me. And he said, I'm sorry, but the whole time that you've been here, we've been transmitting a telegraph message in our office, although it was very noisy, as soon as he came into the office and sat down, he translated the message that said, if you can understand this message, come through the inner office door, the job is yours. (sighs) You see, the key to not being caught in the web of distraction is that you are able to discern and hear the voice of God for yourself. And you're able to understand, you're able to translate, and you're able to keep focus because the rudder of your ship has been directed by the ability for you to understand what the Lord is saying in your life right now. And this young man was focused and undistracted. He may not have been the most intelligent. He may not have been the most well-dressed out of all the people that were in the, in the uh, building applying for the job that day. But one thing he had that the others didn't have, he wasn't distracted. He was focused. He was able to hear and he was able to understand. You know, many times we hear, but we're not listening. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Hello, men, woman, When you're talking to your man and you see that look in his eyes and you think, hello, nobody's home. And you realise that he hasn't been listening to you for the last five minutes. So you say, are you listening to me? And he says, yes, dear. Of course I'm listening to you. And then she says, what did I just say? (laughs) So you try and fake it till you make it. 
And he said, no, that's not what I was saying at all. You haven't been listening to me, have you? <laughs> There's a difference between hearing and listening. And I want us to understand today that the key to you living a focused life, the key to you living a life without distractions is to be able to eliminate all the clutter that's going on around about you and to be able to focus in on the still, small voice of God within your life. Not allowing yourself to be preoccupied with distractions and clutter and things that don't really matter or make a difference in your life. How many of you go searching for something on the internet and dear Mr. Google is quite accommodating to you and suddenly you've gone off on a click, 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 side distraction and for 45 minutes later, oh, that's right, that's what I was supposed to be doing. I was supposed to be checking, checking the stock market or whatever. It's so easy in the day that we live in to become distracted and get off course. So the first point I want to make this morning is the ones who hear the still small voice of Jesus in this generations are the ones who have eliminated the distractions. Can I hear an Amen. Can I hear an amen? We've learned to block out all the outside influences, temptations, distractions, and God has enabled us to learn to concentrate and to be able to focus in on what He wants for our life in the midst of all the clutter. So we get back to the story with Jesus. They're in the boat. They've suddenly realized they've only brought one loaf of bread. You see, they've been in the midst of an incredible miracle where seven loaves fed 4,000 people. Just not physically possible. A miracle took place. As the bread was broken, God multiplied the bread. And so here they are in the boat. They've only brought one loaf, and they're talking amongst themselves. And Jesus comes to give a spiritual lesson because they're focused in on bread. And he says, I want you to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of Herod. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be aware of the distractions of other voices. That, uh, that is not my voice. That, that will not add to, will not compliment, will not help you, well, but will take you off course and distract you. And here they are, they're saying to themselves, oh, it's because we've only brought one loaf of bread that Jesus is talking to us. They're not getting it. And so Jesus is trying to kind of get through the density levels of what's going on with the disciples. It's like the man that went into the bank and he said, I want some money. And, and he had his checkbook and the lady said, well, all you need to do, sir, is fill out the check, sign the check, give the check to me, and I will give you some money. And the man refused. And so he argued and argued with the bank teller. And he said, all right, then I'm going to cross the road to the other bank. So he went across the road to the other bank, and the lady went through the same process with him. Sir, you need to fill out the check, sign the check. And she got so frustrated with him. He just wasn't listening to what she was saying. So she grabbed him by both ears and smashed his head down on the counter three times. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> this is before the days of human resource departments. <laughs> This is the day before OSH and regulations. <laughs> and suddenly, for some reason, he filled out the check and signed it. <laughs> so we went back to the other bank and she, and, she said, and she said to him, how come the lady over there 
gave you the money? How come you signed the cheque? And he says to her, because she explained everything to me. (laughs) And you know, this is what it's a little bit like with the disciples. It's like Jesus is saying to you, if you have a look at the words of of the scripture, he's saying, he's saying, do you still, do you still see and not understand? Doof. (laughs) Are you listening? Doof. <laughs> getting it through into the disciples' thick heads that they have just witnessed a great miracle. They need to worry that they've only got one loaf of bread with them because Jesus can multiply whatever you've got and make it stretch and go the extra mile in our lives. Amen. So number two this morning, in order to hear what God is saying, we must remove all our distractions and focus our eyes upon Him. I want to give a clear example of this, a wonderful story. Isaiah 6, the first uh, 12 verses of Isaiah chapter 6. And it begins by saying this. This is Isaiah is an Old Testament prophet, one of the greatest major prophets of the Old Testament. God gave him incredible revelations 800 years before Christ came. He actually describes the crucifixion in detail. 800 years before the crucifixion took place, the Holy Spirit revealed to this prophet that there would be a Messiah who would suffer and this is what would happen. And it, it would seem like he's actually standing in the crowd, watching them torture and crucify Christ, such as the clarity of the revelation that he's got. This is in Isaiah 53. But if we backtrack to Isaiah 6, something's been going on in his life that's distracted him. Something's been, hold, the handbrake has been on Isaiah's life and he hasn't been functioning in the calling and the gifting that God has given to him. And so we're about to find out what Isaiah's distraction was. Listen to this, verse one. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord whew, sitting on a throne, high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Somehow up until this point, In his life, Isaiah has had the blinkers on, his eyes. Isaiah has not been able to focus the way he should to carry out the word of the Lord in his life. And his view of God has been obstructed. And we see here that it has something to do with the death of a king at the time of the death of the king that suddenly Isaiah can now see. Suddenly he's seen the Lord. He's been taken into heaven. He's been taken into this undistracted, glorious view of the Lord right into the very uh, presence of God where there's, uh, there's creatures, seraphims, flying all around the throne, crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord. And the very doorposts of heaven are shaking through the glorious sound of the angelic host as they worship the King of Kings. This is what Isaiah is taken into in the year that King Uzziah died. Why is that? You see, King Uzziah was an interesting man. We can read the story of King Uzziah in the book of Kings and Chronicles. And we find out that he was probably second or third out of all the kings that was right up there in terms of his godly influence How the Word of God says in his early years, he followed the Lord and did what was right 
in the sight of the Lord. And for those of you who haven't read the Old Testament or the book of Kings, you'll find that it was very much a roller coaster affair from king to king. It was like a, a high point, and then suddenly the next king took over and took the whole nation into idolatry, and there was wickedness that was taking place and unrighteousness, and the nation went d- downhill because Proverbs says this righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And so we see here that King Uzziah was a righteous king in his early years. He accomplished much. And so somehow the prophet who often worked with the king of the day, who often brought God's messages to the king of the day, Isaiah has got his focus on Uzziah. Isaiah is focused on King Uzziah and he's focused on all these great achievements and what's going on in his life. But you see, like a lot of people who get into ministry, a lot of people who God uses, if they haven't allowed the Lord to minister character into the foundation and the core of their life in their latter years, they go off track and they start believing their own press and they start putting badges all over here and they start celebrating how good they are and how great God is using them and they forget to be humble and pride enters their heart just like it did with Lucifer, the bright morning star who ended up becoming Satan who was cast down from heaven to the earth. He was an amazing, he was the leader of the choirs of heaven. He was a beautiful creature, but he started believing his own press. And one day he says to the Lord, I want to be like the most high. God says, sorry, there's only room for one of us to be the most high God. You're gone. And Lucifer is cast down from heaven down to earth where he's been ever since. And you see, King Uzziah was doing this. He got so He got so big for his own boots that he started to think, I can just wander in and take over any area of the economy and the nation. And you know what he did? He took over the role of the high priest. And he waltzes into the house of God thinking he can burn incense at the altar. And God said, this is not a job for kings. This is a job for priests. And the high priest Azariah, who, who you see all the way through, who, through Scripture, tremendous people that God raises up with great courage to challenge the authority of the day. Can you imagine what it would have been like to challenge the highest ruler of the day in your face, stand in front of the gateway to the temple and say, King Uzziah, You are not to come into the temple. This place is not for you. This is my domain. And with 80 other priests, he sets up a blockade to stop King Uzziah from offering incense in the temple. Because you see, he's got to the point now where he says, I can do whatever I like, whenever I like, because I am the man. That's called pride. And he became a great distraction to the prophet Isaiah. So it was only when God was able to remove Uzziah. But, and by the way, do you know what the end of his life was? He lived such a powerful life in his early years. And it's a great lesson to us. We want to live a consistent upward climb towards heaven here on this earth. Not one of these seesaw up and down roller coaster existences. Amen. We want to continue 
to press on towards the mark of the high call of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's what Paul said. He said, I forget those things that are behind and I'm going to press on towards the mark of the high calling. I'm not going to get distracted. I'm not going to let other people pull me down. I don't care what people think about me. I'm going to focus upon Jesus Christ. I'm going to serve God with all my heart. I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind and strength. And if, if that's what you want to do, you're welcome to do that. But I ain't coming where you're going because where you're going is a distraction. Where you're going is going to take me out. Where you're going is going to take me down. I'm heading on the upward path. I'm walking on the straight and narrow road that leads to eternal life, not the wide and broad road that leads to destruction. Phew. Can I hear an amen to that this morning? And so the last 10 years of Uzziah's life, this is what happens to him. The day that Azariah stopped him from coming into the temple, the Lord smote him with leprosy. And his whole body was covered with this horrible skin disease. Leper as white as snow. And of course, we all know, back then with the, the unknown facts about I've ministered in leper houses in India. We've been in there. Some of the church here have been there with me in India. So he spends the last 10 years of his life in what they call an isolation house. He lived on his own, by himself, with no human company, because he was a leper. And then finally he dies, and the year he dies... Isaiah is released from the distractions of all the goings-on of the Hollywood king. And all the distractions of the Hollywood king. You see, friends, it's so easy in modern, contemporary, 21st century world for us to get focused on everything else that doesn't matter and leave out what does matter. And it's only as we take out the distractions of our life as God did for Isaiah because from that day on Isaiah went from glory to glory because he was no longer bound by the Hollywood king he was no longer bound by the distractions of this man's life and he lived his life in such a way that God gave him some of the greatest revelations that we find anywhere in the Bible eliminate the distractions from your life and see what God will begin to do the second thing that happened to Isaiah was that he had a revelation of his true condition. He obviously had a bit of a problem with the F word. Not, I'm not talking about farming or being a farmer. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> he obviously had an issue because as he's caught up into heaven, into this glorious vision of the Lord, he sees and experiences the purity and the holiness and the majesty of the very presence of God. You see, the presence of God, there's a word in, in the Hebrew that, that determines the glory of God and the very uh, throne room of heaven. It's called the kabod. Let's say that together. Kabod, kabod. It means the weight of His presence. And Isaiah experiences for the first time in his life the true, undiluted, fantastic, glorious, holy, anointed presence of God. And in the midst of it, he suddenly realises his own true condition. Woe unto me! 
You see, friends, I want to tell you, we make a big, big mistake in Christianity. Do you know why Jesus said, and I just feel to throw this in for free today. Not that the rest is going to cost you anything, but I'm saying this is for free anyway. All right. Throw this in. You see, Jesus said this, judge not, lest you be judged. What we so often do is that we compare ourselves with one another and we think we're better than another human being or we think we're better than somebody else. You know what's going to happen when you start going down that track? You might have one finger pointed at another person. There's going to be 10 fingers pointing back at you and you're going to find your life very, very uncomfortable. Jesus said, don't judge other people's lifestyle. Take care of the stuff that's in your own heart. Take care of the stuff that's in your own life. By comparing yourself to others, you are unwise and you're not going to make any spiritual traction within your life because you are wasting God's precious time comparing yourself to another human being saying that you're better than them. You know what? It's, how many sins it takes to be a sinner? We're all in the same boat. We're all sinners that need to be saved by the precious blood of Jesus. We're all, there's none righteous, no, not one, the Bible says. We have all gone astray. We all need the radical saving power of Jesus Christ within our life to turn our lives around. We are all in the same boat. We all have sinned. We all need a Saviour. We all need Jesus Christ to come and cleanse us, wash us, make us clean within our life. He's the only one that can do it. So don't you dare compare yourself with another human being. Criticise, run down others because the day that you do that, you're going to find yourself walking an uphill battle because there's going to be 10 fingers pointing back at you. Friends, I want to tell you, Isaiah realized that day his own true spiritual condition. He said, man, my language needs some attention. I've been letting rip with a few of those choice, not so choice words. Place, please bring me a coal from the altar. And the angel came and placed a coal upon Isaiah's lips and purged him from his sin. I want to tell you, friends, people say, is it possible to be free of sin? Whilst it may not be possible to be 100% free of sin whilst you're still walking in this body, I want to tell you something. It is possible to overcome sin. It is possible for you to come into a place with God where those temptations that wrecked your life no longer can have power over you. It's possible men to overcome pornography. It's possible to overcome jealousy and hatred. It's possible to overcome bitterness within your heart because the power of the blood of Jesus Christ will make you free and set you free from the power of sin. And Isaiah was set free from his unclean speech that day. And so this is, uh, get out Siri. So I must have said something to Siri. She's trying to distract me this morning. <laughs> Praise God. Do any of you women get jealous, you know, of the GPS voices, you know, the female ones, you know? Because my wife says, oh, I don't like that lady's voice. <laughs> she shouldn't be talking to you like that. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. He says, for mine eyes have seen the King. The Lord of hosts, my eyes have seen the King. I've seen him. I've seen the one that can change a human life. 
I've experienced his love. I've experienced his power. It's possible, friends, to be free. It's possible to live a life that's focused on what he wants for our lives. It's possible to live a life that is going to bring glory to the name of the Father who saved us. It's possible for you to be able to take a different route to what your friends are taking. It's possible for you to get on a different track and a different course to what others may be uh, doing around about you. It's time for you not to focus on them and what they're doing anymore. It's time for you to get on the right road, to get on the true road, the one road that leads to life. Amen. You see, narrow is the road that leads to life and few there be that are on it. Don't worry about how many people are on the road. You just get on the road. Get on the road, that lead, the narrow road that leads to eternal life this morning. And thirdly, this is the third thing that happened to him. Once he got an undistracted view of God, he was able to offer himself to the Lord. And you know what God gave him? Renewed vision and purpose for his life. The human heart is desired to live purposefully. The human heart is designed to live with hope that is going to pull you into the future, that there's a better day waiting for you, that there's greater things that God has in store for you, that if God is for you, who can stand against you? That the love of God is so big, it's so high you can't get over it, so low you can't get on it, so wide you can't get around it. That's how much His love is for your life. And in that love, there is purpose. In that love, there is vision. In that love, there is a track that God has for your life to walk on, where you can live a life of influence, where you can live a life of power and impact because you're no longer distracted. You've eliminated the distractions. And you've got a fresh glimpse of who the Lord really is. And as a result of that, you're saying, here I am, Lord. As the cry went out from heaven, the Lord himself said, who will go? Who will go for me? Whom shall I send? And after Isaiah had had an encounter, he'd been cleansed. The distractions were eliminated. He was able to boldly respond and say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord, send me. How many of you today would be able to just uproot and leave if God gave you a fresh assignment? How many of you would be able to break free from the distractions and all the Klingons that are clinging on to your life and be able to say, here I am, Lord, send me a fresh assignment. I'm prepared to do whatever you like. You see, that defines whether we're free or not. What's holding us down? Thank you, Jesus. And finally, as he responded, it was like the job description was sent out for Isaiah. And he said, God, I'm ready to go for you. You know, Jesus offers us the same call. He said, who will go for me? I want you to go into all the world. And I want you to preach the gospel to every creature in creation. And as you go, I'm going to give you power over demons. You shall cast out demons in my name. You'll have power over the invisible spiritual forces of darkness. 
There's going to be no power in, in hell that will be able to stop you from the assignment because I've given you my full authority. I took the keys from the devil. I now own the keys to the uh, death and hell and I'm now taking them back and I'm now placing a new authority upon all those who will live an undistracted life. Those who will say, yes, here I am. Send me, Lord. And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow all who believe. They shall speak in other tongues. They shall lay hands upon the sick. If any deadly thing bites them, any poisonous creature bites them, they shall not die. They shall not get sick. Friends, that's the power of all of heaven that is set behind the focused life of someone who's eliminated the distractions of this world. Is God calling you afresh this morning? You may be one of the ones, like that young man that walked into the telegraph office that day. You may look at the other people in the room and think, they're more qualified than me. They've got a lot more little letters next to their name because they've all been to university. They've all been through the halls of education. I've, I only managed to get school C and even then I didn't manage to get it very much. Or I'm not as well dressed and groomed as what they look. They're beautiful people, handsome people. Aren't they incredible looking people? Surely they're more qualified than me. You know what the Bible says? It says that God chooses those that are not to confound those who think they are something. There's a whole lot of people all around the world right now, obscure people, no-name people, who God has been preparing in, in, in these caves and claves of obscurity that he's hidden away in the palm of his hand and he's been working on their hearts and he's ready to unveil them to the world, undistracted, focused, born again, spirit-filled, on fire, Holy Ghost revival, people of God who are ready to take this good news to the ends of the earth. Will you be one of those who will respond to the call and say, here I am. Here I am. Send me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may be hearing my words this morning, but I want to ask you a question. Are you listening? You may be hearing. We hear at least probably 40 to 50 sermons a year. Are we listening to what God is speaking into your heart? This morning, this message will touch different people in different ways. But through it all, you will hear, like the clutter of that office that day the young man went in, where there was lots of activity happening in the office, but underneath all the activity, there was a... He was able to hear what the Lord was saying. What is the Lord saying to you this morning? What is God speaking? Who are the King Uzziahs in your life, the distractions that have been removing you from centering yourself upon Jesus Christ. I don't pretend to say living an undistracted life is an easy thing, but this is what Jesus said. Here's the recipe. Take up your cross daily. Take up your cross daily and come and follow after me. And I will make you fishers of men. I will put an anointing on your life where you're able to reach other people. God's greatest plan for evangelism is not mass crusades with millions of people turning up at the same place at the same time to hear a man speak. God's massive plan for global evangelism is you. Is you. 
the testimony and witness of a changed life. One life at a time where your testimony and your witness of what God has done in you can powerfully impact another human being to the point that they put up their hand and say, Lord, here I am. You got me, Lord. Send me. Could we stand to our feet, please?